Hello, I'm John Lazaretto. I am a founder of the Bandits Lacrosse Club in Lake Forest. I'm here on the Lake Forest podcast. Welcome to the Lake Forest podcast, a podcast about the lovely city of Lake Forest, featuring topics like news, sports, music, people, and food. My name is Pete, and I'm joined with my co-host, Scoo Walker. We all live in Lake Forest. Scoo, we got a sponsor for the show, Neuro Noodle. Hey, parents, get a doodle of your child's noodle, which is a brain map before the season start, so you have a baseline to compare it to in case something happens. Your kids get a physical every year, right? Well, get a brain map now at neuronoodle.com. It takes only 20 minutes to find out whether or not your kids should get back on the field and have peace of mind. Neuronoodle.com. Okay, now we got business out of the way. One of the things we like to do here at the Lake Forest Podcast is give some love to our local peeps. And today we're joined by John Lazaretto, founder of Bandits Lacrosse in Lake Forest. Let's chat with John and find out what's going on at Bandits Lacrosse. John, thanks for coming on the show. Well, thank you, Pete. And thank you, Scoop, for having me on. Always uh, willing and uh, ready to talk about bandits. It's, uh, it's become my, uh, my labor of love. We are a not-for-profit here in the city of Lake Forest uh, and Lake Bluff. And uh, we've been doing this. We founded this nine years ago. I had a partner at that time, Kevin Robinson, who he and myself helped take, have this program take flight. And uh, since then, Kevin's uh, sunsetted into other, other endeavors, taken the club over by myself. You know, I can just tell you a little bit. Uh, Kevin and I were frustrated in, uh, we had two young kids playing girls lacrosse. We had, boys, we had kids playing boys lacrosse and girls lacrosse. The boys program seemed to be running pretty well. There was a, an, affiliate, an affiliate Lake Forest uh, lacrosse that did a really good job with the boys program. Then our girls came up. They were, they were younger. The, the city really wasn't offering much of anything besides moms and dads rolling balls out with sticks and uh, um, half of them quitting within the first year. So Kevin and I said, you know, we, we can do better. And so we did. We, uh, we pulled our resources and we decided uh, between his daughter, my daughter, and, and a goalie that we knew in, uh, in Winnetka that, you know, maybe we could put a team, not, not an official travel team together, but a, a rec type program with a travel flair, uh, but, not the, uh, but not with all the expenses that come with the, uh, the travel elite travel program. So we, we did that. We, we decided, well, we'll have a little meeting. And I know we went to Bufo's. We had three kids sign up. So it was my daughter, his daughter, and the goalie. And that was in 2014. A couple of weeks later, we rallied about 20 girls and uh, we started Bandits uh, Lacrosse Club. And uh, we played, these girls were anywhere from fifth grade, that was my daughter's age, up to seventh. And uh, so they played the fifth grade team illegally with some seventh graders and we played seventh grade teams with some illegal fifth graders so we did whatever it took to to uh get the program to take flight we had one coach caroline tessar who i hope she was going to join us today because she's really a dynamic person uh she helped without her we wouldn't be able to have this program um be what it is she is a uh, she was a player at loyola academy she played for Northwestern uh, lacrosse. Uh, she was a two-time national champion there. And she was looking for some work. So we put her to work. And, uh, and I was familiar with what was going on with travel lacrosse. 
So we had a, like what we had, we had a coach that was better than what travel teams were getting coaching our little, you know, bad news bears bandits uh, club. So it was kind of cute. So Caroline helped us uh, get this uh, program going and, and she's just been fantastic. Uh, the bad news there is she, she got married after year one and moved away. So we had one coach and we had 20 players. Now we have about 14 to 16 coaches, 140 players. We, we have kids from first grade to eighth grade. So the program really took flight. As we like to say, we, we kind of grew it organically and just had a trust, that, a trust in the process. And that's what we tell parents now so that, one of our biggest challenges is managing parents expectations because <laughs> everybody thinks their kids the next uh you know the next right superstar. right right and uh and they want it to happen in second grade uh, and and as we know these things take a long time and we nurture it and you know the bandits are uh, i should say uh they were about positivity or about uh teamwork or about team building we're about more about building good kids and with good character than we are um, athletes. We 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 kind of we kind of fool them and uh, and have them learning lacrosse, but we're also teaching life lessons uh, that they can uh, use the rest of their lives. And it's kind of taken hold, and it's it's been great. So how do you know John? How'd you? When did you guys uh, meet? Oh, John! I I've known John for years. Uh, I wouldn't say, I don't know, you grew up here, but went to high school here and all that. But um, John's a little older. I met him, I think met him indirectly playing softball at the rec. But um, <laughs> then then got further knowing a lot of his classmates and all that. So um, his wife's really good friends with my wife. And, and uh, it's just been a, a good friendship for the years and all that. One of my first memories of SKU is we needed a fifth guy on our, on our uh, pickup basketball game. We said, <laughs> Hey, get that little kid over there and show him in the game. And I said, who is that kid? You know, it's, uh, well, it's Scoo. Like, okay. So he was, he was like an old gym rat that we, yep. uh, we dragged around. It used to be called rec rats is what we were when growing up. That's all we did is hang out at the rec center. Scoo, did you ever pass the ball? Uh, oh, yeah, I did, because that was, you know, when you're only like four foot five, uh, shooting wasn't an option. So pass it to the big guys. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. So, John, you know, I'm a Lake Forest newbie three years here. I have gone to some la- lacrosse matches for the girls. I have a friend that has a kid on the Loyola team. I think both of the guys and the girls won state over there, but they played on the Lake Forest side of things. It seems like a, a lot of kids that used to play, at least the males that used to play football, are heading over, over to lacrosse. Is that the case, or what are you seeing out there? Because in the inner city, I, I, you know, I went to Lane Tech in the city, and that's five thousand kids, and they can't get twenty people to suit up for for a game, but they can get more people to play lacrosse. Are you seeing more? Kids that used to play football hopping to lacrosse on the men's side. I know you have a, a woman's club, but I was just wondering if you, you know the sport. Yeah. So a little a background um, is uh, you know, my son is 20, 21 now, and he plays college lacrosse at Princeton. And he played at, at Loyola, uh, and he was a, was a pretty good football player. He would have continued to play both sports. Uh, however, the time requirement, he was a quarterback, and the time requirement, 
he just couldn't meet the criteria in, uh, you know, the football season ends lacrosse winter lacrosse starts and the, you know, the school wants their quarterbacks in there 7 a.m. in the morning studying the playbook for the next season yes. in January. Uh, yes. My kid's playing lacrosse or he's gone on the weekends. He's gone all summer playing lacrosse. So it's hard to mix the two. You, you, you see more hockey lacrosse. For some reason, there's more ho- hockey and lacrosse are more mutually um, acceptable. I think, yeah, you know, there has been a downswing in, uh, you know, I did coach um, youth football in Lake Forest for six years. And I watched us go from having hundreds of kids in the program down to where we couldn't hardly have a full practice because we would have 16 guys. So, you, you know, you line up, you know, 11 on offense and then you've got, you, you've right. got five guys playing dummy Both defense. Ways. Yeah. It's like, but, and then you need some coaches and older guys just go stand over there and dummies. Well, that's the safety and that's your line. It's, it's really hard to do. Um, so, yeah, I think there was a lot of concussion fear that was going rampant through um, youth sports and a lot of, um, I don't know, valid or invalid it, it, it is, but uh, it scared a lot of people. We, you know, we, we were very cautious with the drills that we did, but there are some dads that uh, were a little overzealous and, and would revert yeah. back to drills that we did in the 70s, uh, which, you know, they're, they're, you know, those have longer lasting uh, repercussions. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so yeah, no. So your question is: Has I, have I seen that trend happen? I think most kids try to do both sports, football and lacrosse, for as long as they can. Uh, but there's just a, a, you know, football has become literally a 12 month sport. Also, yeah. as as lacrosse. So each sport is trying to grab more. And, and basketball too. Basketball never stops. My daughter plays lacrosse at Loyola or just finished. And, and she was a really good, probably a better basketball player than she was lacrosse player. She's going to play lacrosse at Duke. Uh, so she's an excellent player, but I think she was a better basketball player. But she had to give up basketball because uh, of summer lacrosse. And that's when you do all your basketball training. So it was very sad. Um, you know, the athletic director, or the assistant athletic director saw my daughter play in uh, one of the state games against Nutria. And he goes, how come I didn't know about her? I could have won state with her at point guard. I'm like, duh, you know, <laughs> but, you know, they, they took her. They didn't know who she was. They put her on a B team. You know, she lit it up and said, this, this sucks. I'm out. That was the end of her basketball career. It's really, and she was on that Lake Forest team. So she was uh, would have been on that Lake Forest team that's legendary with uh, you know Douglas and Fisher and right. you know Panola and you know, Somerville and yeah it was it was sad for us to see that happen and we that was the other thing about bandits when we when we designed bandits because I, I knew how stressed out my kids were and how stressed I was getting that my kids were challenged because um, I have older children too I have three older children that were that are thirty six uh, thirty eight and 32 they were three sport varsity athletes at their high school at Hinsdale South we lived down there for 12 years so I enjoyed them doing different sports as I was a three sport person and I think it's best for their bodies it's best for their best for them mentally these kids are breaking down way too early Uh, I think it's just over uh, specialization in one sport 
And uh, I just feel terrible for them. So when we, when we design bandits, we're like, okay, here, we're going to do an a la carte. We're not going to make you join for the whole year. You can join in the fall for 10 weeks and then see you later and do basketball. You can do our winter on, in, on Sundays if you want to do that. So you can, And then we have a spring. So we were a la carte. You know, uh, we didn't want to say you better be doing bandits all year. And that's what we found on the travel side is you write a big check and you're locked in all year. So who wants to pay, you know, anywhere from, you know, three to $5,000 and then tell the coach, you know, Hey, I'm not going to be here in football season, but that's what we did for years. Uh, and, and Luca would go play football. So we signed up for so many events and so many programs that he only showed up for, you know, winter and, and spring and summer. So he, he could keep, he kind of keep that, uh, that uh, fall portion for football separate up until his, you know, end of his sophomore year. And there's, you know, they needed more time. How are the budgets for lacrosse? Are they adding scholarships at the next level up to, you know, help some of these kids that that are good athletes might need help uh, with tuition, going to a better school. If more people are playing lacrosse at the next level, I would think they would have more scholarships. Is that true? Well, you know, I don't know if that's true or not. It it has to be true because I know just this week, uh, Clemson added uh, girls lacrosse and I believe Xavier added girls lacrosse. So those are, two great destinations and you know with my daughter playing in the ACC next year looks like as soon as we get this Clemson team up and going we'll be going down to Clemson <laughs> so that's <laughs> going to be fun with you know beat school uh, lacrosse is started on the east coast um, the, the schools that do the best at it and the areas that do the best at it, the, the, the dirty little secret is our, it's our, are the wealthiest communities it's the, the yeah. ones that are so socioeconomically available, you know, uh, that they're, they're able to afford not only the lacrosse, but to afford um, um, the, the, the training, the, uh, the individualized training, the, uh, the summer travel is, I don't know if I would have been able to have done this uh, during my work career. I, ret- I retired, uh, well, I started bandits the year after I retired, so I had time to do it. So we were hoping there'd be other uh, teams like uh, the band that's formed from, you know, retired uh, people like myself. It, it's starting to happen, but we're kind of meshed in with, to make it all happen, Pete, you need players, first of all, you need refs, uh, you need parents to support the program, you need a league to play in because, you know, you can't just keep showing up. Like our first couple of years, we would show up and then we would play Our Lady of Perpetual Health in Glenview had a team. And then we'd play Country Day School because they had a team. And then we'd circle back and hit the Queens of All Saints and they had a team. Then we'd play them all again like three times and the parents go, we're playing the same teams and they're all terrible. They're like gym class. So parents wanted <laughs> to see Notre Dame play Ohio State, you know, head on the Titans. And it's, it, it wasn't happening. And uh, so we had to form a league. And leagues are controlled by the money when the money is where travel across is. So they needed people to play. So our, our little bandits have to play, you know, top notch travel clubs. Um, but we've been doing this, like I said, nine years. And now finally we're able to next year, we're going to segregate out the travel teams and we're not going to have to play them. I mean, this is what we've been told. And we'll just play community teams like Barrington, 
Tinley Park, uh, Glenview, not Glenview, but uh, Evanston has a really nice youth program. Um, so we're, uh, Lake Zurich, Mundelein started stuff. So it's starting to happen. Uh, uh, but we need leagues to support it. Uh, we need refs to know how to ref. You know, we need uh, we need a lot of support. We need fields. That's our biggest one of our biggest challenges. And Scoo is familiar with this from his experience on, on uh, parks and recreation boards is is getting fields. Um, so we will go to. Uh, uh, long long story short is uh, we broke when we broke away the recreation department, Lake Forest Rec. They they weren't too happy with us and. Uh, so basically they viewed us as a competitor and we, we uh, basically said, we, you know, we're not competing. This is just, uh, we're, we're going to provide something different. We're going to pay coaches that know what they're doing and we're going to build a program. Um, it's just not a drop-off center. And that's what yeah. we, that's what we did. And, and years later, you know, this year's varsity at Lake Forest, every single girl except one was on the bandits uh, originally year before every single girl was on the bandits. I think the one that was on this year moved in from the UK, uh, at Loyola Academy, we've got, uh, two that were bandits and, uh, you know, so in this, when looking back, we've got three all staters and two all Americans. We've got, uh, probably five girls playing in college that came through bandits. Of course they did play travel across also, but that's yeah. kind of what happens. If you get too good, the bandits will, push you forward to a travel program and then uh we beg you to come play bandits whenever you're available <laughs> so that's what happens <laughs> we have moms and dads uh, business owners listening to this show you need help right so you need coaches let's go down the laundry list you got a magic wand and the show could help you out uh john what number one what do you need most of all we need inexpensive fields um, okay. I would say that's the, the number one thing. The rec can provide fields, but the, the cost has been, uh, it's prohibited. What, what is the cost? Um, well, it would be uh, about three times what we're paying now. Um, so at Lake Forest College, we're paying about $100 an hour for fields. Yeah. The way to come through the recreation program, uh, you've got to jump through different hoops and, and, and qualify in different categories, which we do. Uh, but they also want us to participate uh, with their programming some way that we're not just willing to do yet because we have our yeah. own brand, our, our own brand, our own logo. So in the meantime, they kind of keep the fields, uh, they hold them, hold uh, hold the fields hostage from us being able to use them. And this might be controversial, but uh, and we've been trying to work the last couple of years something out, but it just hasn't worked. But it's about it's about three times more expensive. Uh, for do they us. still do they still have a program for girls? They do not. Scoo, that's a good point. They about three four years ago stopped uh, uh, providing a program. They had a um, travel program provide uh, support for a local program. Meaning, you're a big lacrosse program. Uh, you're going to send out uh, flyers, get everyone signed up for girls lacrosse in Lake Forest. They, the coaches were supposed to be high school players. The high school, I, I tried to coach this uh, at the rec program because they beg for parents to help. And they give you a piece of paper that says, here's the drills today. And I never played lacrosse. I was a football player in college. And uh, so, Pretty good one, too. <laughs> thanks, Scoop. Oh, we got to talk about that, Scoop. We can talk about that. <laughs> we can talk about that later. 
But the, the hard part for us was we were just parents trying to help our kids play a sport that we've never seen played before. And the rec just, the rec was doing what they thought was best. They got a travel program that said, here, we will put in a, a program for you. But they didn't fill it up with anything. You got to fill it up with coaches. You got to fill it up with people that know what they're doing. Yes, they had a league, they had a structure, but they didn't have any core to their business. So kids were quitting faster than they were joining. And at this point, nine years ago, nationally, lacrosse was the number one growing sport, I believe. And in Lake Forest, it was the sport that was kids were quitting at an all-time pace because they were having a terrible experience. So, you know, having gone through that, uh, we understood that they have to like what they're doing. So a lot of what the bandits do is this team building and fun stuff and we, we have our little first graders come jump over cones and they think it's the greatest thing in the world. They barely touch the cross sticks, <laughs> but you got to get them to fall in love with uh, being together and have sports and being athletic before you start getting things complicated with a cross stick. So, and that's what we say. We have to tell the parents, trust the process, you know, trust the process. Well, you, you need fields. So I'm trying to figure yeah, out field. how school and I can, uh, you know, who do we call it? School, you're the parks and rec guy. Who do we got to call up? Say, you got any remnant time availability for oh, fields? Yeah, there, there's there's uh, specific people who handle that, but you know, the, there's tremendous amount of fields. And uh, John, as you know, I mean, it's yeah, it's bizarre that you go by all these fields and they're empty, but then when you try to get the fields, they're full. But <laughs> and if they aren't full. If they aren't full, they're really, really expensive. Right. Uh, unless you're willing to uh, turn your program over to them. That's not why we, we didn't do this for the rec to run the program. I mean, I love the rec. School loves the rec. We grew up on the rec. I tell people if there wasn't a rec center in Lake Forest, I'd be in jail. You know, <laughs> I was just a wayward kid. Uh, and I, and I, and I want to see the rec. Uh, succeed but when it comes to these niche type sports they really don't know what they're doing with them but yet they'll claim they did because they went to college for sports and rec and i, I got a kid that went for sports and rec uh, an older kid and he had no damn thing about lacrosse you know? no it's, a, so, it's something that we need to figure out and we can you know push the buttons but it even you know if lake forest doesn't want i mean this is a tremendous program I mean, it's, it's become, you know, the girls feeder program, you know, in my eyes, I mean, like you said, John, I mean, all your girls and bandits are going on playing at the high school. And that's, that's what you want in youth programs is to be a well, feeder program. And it, what, what about Lake Bluff? They got a lot of fields and yeah. Well, that's one of the things we're going to explore Lake Bluff. Whenever I've called them, you know, we're going to talk a little about COVID too, but whenever I would call them, they were so helpful they were like, John, we'll find you a place. You know, we will, you know, if, as long as you're willing to drive, you know, it might be Knollwood. Uh, and, and, and the price was right. The fields were, and, and, uh, and, and, and lo and behold, the rec center came through and gave me West Park during COVID uh, in, in the fall. And it was, uh, you know, to where the ice skating rink was. And it worked really well. It was fantastic. We had a great experience. They didn't, they didn't gouge me on the price. Um, I think that was kind of like the uh, the carrot trying to trying yeah. to lure us back in because then when we tried to do something in the spring, 
the price tag was astronomical and I would have to raise our cost, uh, at least double the cost for our spring program to the parents. Uh, and, uh, and that's not what we're, you know, we, we want to stay out of those price ranges uh, and it shouldn't have to happen. So right now we've got a great relationship with Lake Forest College. They've been so helpful. Uh, even during COVID, when they were shut down, they figured out a, a place for us to play. Uh, it, we didn't have as, as much a run of the place as we normally do. Uh, but the Lake Forest College just began a Division Three lacrosse program for girls, and I believe for boys. So they will be playing lacrosse over at Lake Forest College. So we, of course, uh, as my magic wand is, if how else you can help us is if anybody has, has played lacrosse, that would like to coach, uh, you know, in the, in the afternoons, uh, a couple of days a week, some Saturdays, that's our other thing. I recruit most of my coaches through Lake Forest hockey. Most hockey kids play lacrosse. They're East coast kids. So they've got some lacrosse in their future. They're, they're, they're collegiate athletes. So they know the discipline. Uh, so I've had my tentacles into Lake Forest college, for years and into their lacrosse, into their hockey program. And now I've got their, their head coach has worked for us in the spring and she's going to start funneling some of her players over to us to help coach, co-mingling them with the hockey girls that uh, played lacrosse in high school. So we're, we're and we have, and we have Caroline Tessar, who's our superstar coach uh, back uh, from the stint five-year stint in Missouri. So she's back helping us and, uh, so we're rolling. So my biggest, uh, my, you know, I need fields. I need coaches. My, my biggest job now is quality control because we've gotten so big, uh, you know, we've, we've really boomed through COVID, which is kind of odd to say, but uh, we took the position that we, we believe that kids needed to be out doing things, healthy things, being around each other. So we opened up whenever we, as soon as we could get a field, which was mid-August of last year, we brought, we sold our program, we sold it out. You know, we don't like to ever say we're sold out. So we always wedge kids in if we can, because we are, a, we are the rec program, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but it is getting to the point where we're busting at the seams for, for space, for time. Uh, and, and we've got, you know, we, we're in good shape right now for coaches because uh, I grabbed some freshmen, uh, but I'm graduating four coaches. So what, what the sad part is college girls go on and, and start real careers and real lives. And then they, yeah, yeah. they go by, they go bye-bye. So I try to replace them with, with new coaches. Never had a mother uh, of a player coach until this year. And uh, we had a, a, a young lady who, was a JV coach over at Lake Forest High School who said, you know, she's got a fourth grade daughter and would love to help. And I was, you know, kind of cautious about that because sometimes it's a slippery slope to coach your kid. You could either be too hard on your kid or you can be too, too sweet on your kid. And neither one is who's smiling because we know some fathers that probably prefer to nah. be too sweet with their kids, you know, <laughs> but uh, nah, not, re nah. not really. Not really, but we all we all want to want, want what's best for our kid. Uh, so, but it's just it's hard. It, it's really hard to coach your child. But we brought this lady on, and she did one heck of a job. And she will, you know, hopefully be with us into the future as her uh, child, uh, you know, ages up. So. Well, John, what's your process getting kids? 
I know you're busting at the seams, but is it just yeah. word of well, mouth now or? It has been word of mouth. Um, you know, I, I usually go through the roles of, uh, of, of district 67, uh, and, and I'll do, do, you know, normally I would do a mass email when, you know, in the old days I would, I would do flyers, put them at St. Mary's. I would do flyers, stick them up around town, uh, the bank, the, the Einstein bagels, uh, Kittles, you know, the local places. I would actually send obnoxious blast emails to people, you know, trying to get to a certain point because our budgets are set at trying to get a certain number of kids at each level to pay for the coaches, to pay for the field. So going in, you know, those first couple of years, you know, we were eating, you know, we had losses as Kevin and I, you know, were recovering. And, and now being not for profit, you know, we don't get paid. I haven't got paid a cent in nine years. Um, like I said, it's a labor of love. I, I think our kids need it. And like I was speaking about COVID, you know, we, we opened up, um, you know, and, I think we became everyone's little sports heroes at that point for the moms and dads, because we had a program that was actually attempting to uh, play lacrosse. We couldn't compete, but we had practice. Uh, and the kids, which was kind of funny, we had a check-in process. Uh, you know, if you're sick, you know, you can't come. You know, we had a, uh, we called her nurse. Uh, it was my wife, Nurse Amy, uh, <laughs> or Miss Amy, check in, take their temperatures, check them in. Uh, they wore masks until they got on the sidelines. As soon as they were on the field, they lost those masks. They went out and had a ball for an hour and a half. Uh, we did this for 10, 11 weeks in the fall. People were begging us for small group lessons into November. Uh, they just wanted to continue the program. Uh, we did not have our normal uh, gym space that we got in December, January. So we had to shut down until spring. Um, and when spring opened up, we were just flooded with people. Again, now this time, we, we still went through the COVID pro protocols, but the kids had to play with masks, which just was terrible. And then we did have competition, so we did have games. Um, you know, one of your questions, uh, like, you know, what, what, what's come good of, of the COVID, or did we learn anything through that? And I, I thought about that, and I laughed, and I was, my first response is, like, nothing good came from it. I think the lesson for us was that you just have to persevere and trust your, your, yourself and trust each other that, you know, you're going to be as, as, as cautious as we can. But yet we're going to live life and have some fun with these kids. These kids don't need to be locked in their rooms uh, looking at their cell phones. Uh, for months on end. Uh, so if the bandits were anything, it provided an outlet for these, these kids. Um, but I did, I, 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 without being, you know, a, a smarty pants, I, I said, like with this COVID, what we learned, I think the one, be the best thing that happened was parents weren't sending their kids sick. If I could change anything, it was to, like really adhere to those don't send your kids sick. I mean, no one was getting COVID. Nobody caught COVID. Nobody, but we do get flus. We do get, you know, the snotty kids showing up. Uh, I've had kids showing up years before with coughs and the next week, everyone's sick. Uh, yeah. But during COVID people were, they would not send their kids sick. So that was, we, we all stayed, we didn't have flus. We didn't have anything. You know? yeah. It was great. Hey John, you mentioned non your nonprofit. Do you guys take donations? Yeah, to run know, or how do you? Yeah, we're able. To, we're we're able to. Uh, you know, we've built enough into our fee 
that we don't have to do fundraising to, to pay for our um, expenses. I, you know, I had enough trouble trying to just manage the team, uh, let alone trying to do fundraising. We're, we're finally getting to the point where we may just start doing some service projects. But with that, we want to give back. But with that, that means somebody has to administrate that. So I have to bring on somebody else, a mom, you know, or, and, and everything we do, you know, and maybe I micromanage, but, but it does, it, it's all, it's got the bandit logo and the bandit process. We don't want to be some slug organization. So right. we, 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 if you're going to do it, we want to do it right. But again, that takes more time and more effort. And uh, have you talked, have you talked with the rec about partnership then, or is it just a yeah, we, deal, we, we, more? Yeah, we've talked to them about partnership. We've talked to them about, they want us to become the rec program. Okay. And they say, you know, John, you can run it. You can, you know, but teach us the process. I'm a little, you know, leery over having, having built this from the ground up and running it the way we want to run it. I just have a feeling that, uh, you know, if I get an email, I'm responding within 24 hours. I'm usually within 24 minutes. Uh, I've been really hands-on because what I knew from boys and girls travel across you can ask a question and it just lays out there in outer space for months. They never respond. You've got to actually find them at an event. You got to grab them by the shirt. You say, I've got a question for you. So it was really frustrating. So what I try to do is just be really responsive. Even if they don't like my response, I try to respond back as soon as possible. And, and I think the, the, the parents are appreciative of that because as their, as their lives have got more and more hectic, you wouldn't believe the, which food probably would, but how, how um, booked up these kids were I mean, prior to COVID and now after yeah. COVID. They, they have tap, they have theater, they, which is great. They've got a lot of stuff, uh, but I think you know, there's, a, there's a point of having too much stuff. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's not enough and there's too much. So it, it's just the Goldilocks theory. You want it just right enough. The problem we're running into is we, we need to practice somewhere. We need the parks, right? Nobody says we have to do it in Lake Forest. We can do it wherever we can get the parks, right? But it would be nice to stay in Lake Forest. It seems to me like they want John's program to be part of the rec center. So why are they going to make it easier on John to get a field? Do you think something like that is going on? Or what is the obstacle that you and I could if we're going to reach out to whoever's in charge of the parks and say, hey, man, wait, why is it so expensive? Or why, aren't, why aren't you performing your fiduciary duty of taking in funds when you have an open field, even if it's at 50% of the rate that you want to take? Who do we talk to? What's going on, Scoop? I think what's going on is it's not a homegrown rec program. And I think that's where the rec is starting to struggle. And there it becomes premium dollars. And you know, my opinion on the rec, the recreation center is a service model for the community to utilize their facility, to utilize their programming at a cost for everyone. I think the rec should not be offering programs like a regular business and trying to make a profit. It's providing programming for the community to use. And I think John's program started outside of that concept and now has overtaken what the rec offers, which again, I think they're still in the mode of, you're not technically a rec offering. So we're gonna charge you 
usage of the field as much as we're going to charge a group from Libertyville that wants to come in and use the field, which is great okay. too. This is well, a well, Lake Forest program <laughs> and yeah. Lake Forest uh, users and to not be able to use fields is crazy, especially at a nominal cost. I mean, I don't think anyone's saying or John's saying we don't want to pay. We should, they shouldn't be paying. They should be paying the same amount as a rec program if they're going to charge at all. So you could go to Lake Bluff. They're going to travel a little bit further, but it could be, they could be a feeder system for somebody else that would appreciate it. Right. Well, and the, the bottom line is going to Lake Bluff. Uh, I mean, John, correct me. I mean, you're basically a, a high school theater program is what you're right. turning into because everyone in the program is now playing girls across. So going to Lake Bluff, I mean, I hate to say it, drawing the comparison, but Pasquazies, sports cars, uh, all these businesses that were in Lake Forest migrated to Lake Bluff because Lake Bluff was more accommodating. And it's it kind of seeing the same thing too. It's like going to Lake Bluff, if they're going to be accommodating, take them on and, you know, it's stuff that we in Lake Forest have to start yeah, realizing, yeah. not pushing good businesses away. Well, but, John, we're gonna find we're gonna find out if that's what they wanted because that's what they're doing. They're saying, well, either get the parents to pay more for the fields who are the taxpayers. I don't know if they can afford it or not, or they're gonna force you out. I don't know if that's what they're trying to do, but you know, they're not taking money in for an empty field, right? I, th- I think they tried to force out early on absolutely and because they had a program but it just wasn't an effective program and with some of these programs you need specialist coaching and all that and they didn't have it john did they tried to force out it didn't happen and look what's happened it's grown to be talk to lake force high school the girls across program i mean you can't say anything negative about their players because they all came from the bandits Right. Yeah. And they, they just ended the uh, they just ended their season 14th in the state. Yeah. By that's, max that's prep a, rating. So that's kind of kind of testament of uh, a sport yeah. growing from the bottom yeah. up is seeing what that does at the high school level. Well, we gotta find we gotta get into this school a little bit. We'll 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 reach out to them and see what's going on, John. We'll get the other side and yeah. then see what we can do here, right? Hey John, I heard you. I heard you're a pretty tough ball player. Is that true? <laughs> I don't know about that. I, I uh, yeah, I played football in uh, in college. Uh, What'd you? What the, position? I was a running back. I also was a defensive back. So, but back in those days, it was just ending playing both ways. I didn't play both ways, but one year I was a running back. The next year I was a safety. So I think my final two years. Uh, so I played at University of Georgia for two years. And uh, came out of Lake Forest High School and uh, signed a full ride to, to University of Georgia in 1973. Played for Coach Dooley. Had had the time of my life. Uh, got hurt you know, going into my sophomore year. Uh, redshirted and transferred to U of I in Champaign. Wanted to get closer yeah. to home. You ended up playing football for Bob Blackman there for two years and uh, had a good time there. Got my business degree and came back home. Yeah, no, what, what about Lake Forest? Do you, you play at Lake Forest? Yeah, because he's kind of modest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll yeah. drag it out of him. You, you watch. <laughs> yeah. So he, did he, did I told he play you, for John, the he, he did play for the Scouts. I did remember he used to watching him as a little kid. Well, let's put it this way. What are you, 6'2", what, 220, 230? Uh, no, eventually I was, but in high school. How'd you like to I, get hit by that yeah. guy? 
I was uh, I was six two, uh, all, yeah, six two and a half. Uh, my senior year, I was about 190, 195. But uh, the thing that uh, and, and that Pete, had, you know, you, Pete, you know the uh, the the uh, Marvel thing, the Flash. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, when I left <laughs> the high school, when I left the high school. I had uh, three individual sophomore track records, a couple of varsity relay records. I still have a, a 400 record that still stands after 50 years. Yeah, I had the the height, the weight, and the speed that you just you you. Uh, and I was a, I was the county hundred yard dash champion. I went downstate in the 200, uh, made it to the state semis in the 200. I was fast. When I got to Georgia, I was the third fastest guy on the team, and and then I was weighing about two two ten to to eleven ish, right around there. And the Dang. only kids that could beat me was the state champ from uh, hundred meter champ. He was world class speed from South Carolina. And then the, one of the finalists in Georgia in the hundred meter. So, uh, so, so when I go to the football field, are you one of those guys up on that? Remember, I'm only here three years, but uh, yeah, they got somebody from each sport up on that uh, wall there. Oh, Did they ever put you up there? <laughs> no, that that yeah. that Pete is the. Uh, they do that each year. They that, that wall's been there for only a few years, but that's oh. each year. That's the previous class. But if you've been in the high school at East campus and the gymnasium and see where all, Oh, you got to go in there. Cause okay. that's where all the past it's called a wall of fame. Basically all the past, oh. all state teams, individuals, all that good stuff. They're on there forever, basically inducted on that thing. And um, so, he's, so, so John's got his own walls, what you're saying. Uh, well, let's just say this. There's uh correct me if I'm wrong, John, the, the, the champagne gazette is the, publication to list out the first team all state football players and it has been for 40 plus years more oh god no it's uh it was back into the 30s so 30 yeah, yeah it's probably only like probably 80 years something 80 90 years and and lake forest has had pete in their you know history have had on that first team periodical has had four players with one person just recently Riley Mills a couple of years ago, you know, on that first team and all four of those first team, all state football players are on the wall of fame at the high school, except the one. Do you know who that person is, Pete? Who? Not our guy here. <laughs> it is. With all his records and track and football, he has still not been put on that wall of fame. Which John, who did you crazy. piss off? Who did you uh, piss off, John? That's what Scoo and I were laughing about the other day. It must have been somebody, uh, but uh, I, I think it was a little more complicated. There was no wall when I left the high school yeah. in 73, and parents were supposed to send in articles, or if you were all state, your parents were supposed to send something in. My parents had moved to Highland Park. They didn't send in anything. It didn't worry me. Some of my friends went up for all state golf. Yeah. I thought, oh, they'll catch it. They'll they'll fix that eventually. And I'm playing college football. Who, you know, it, it'll right. it'll all take care of itself. You know, um, you know. Years later, I figured, oh, you know, maybe it's maybe I, you know, maybe they just totally forgot and uh, they started putting up so many kids. I'm like, well, you know, it kind of hurt my feelings. Uh, you know, uh, being a, yeah. a, a scout guy, and uh, but you know. You know, I'm I am a team player, and I like to say, you know, I couldn't have got those yards and those touchdowns without my 
my teammates. Well, we had a pretty damn good team too. We only lost one game in the last one minute. So we were like seven and one. We only played eight football games back then. There was no state championships. I guess that we lost in the final minutes on a, on a controversial play or else our whole team would be up on the wall. Uh, eight and oh. Yeah, it was, uh, we, were the, we were the first team to run the wishbone, and I had the, the privilege of being the, the wishbone feature back and uh, had, had fun. I was out of most games by halftime. Uh, so we didn't, run up, we didn't run up scores. We didn't run up statistics. Our coach was the kind of guy, and he, you know, maybe it was Coach Barry's uh, doing. You know, he was a, a, a strange man. He was a great coach, good man, science teacher. But he didn't like to tell people how good his players were. So when the newspapers would come around asking, what do you have this year? He'd, he'd lie. So he would, we would run the 40-yard dash, which in, in, in football, that's the, the, the barometer for your speed, the gauge. And what he would do is he would have us run the 40-yard dash behind the football field, not on the nice football field. He would have us run it on the practice field in full equipment, and I believe, you know, I'm getting older now, but I believe yeah. with our football helmet on. So he would post times. So when I got recruited, I got recruited up, you know, pretty much everywhere, not everywhere, but yeah, yeah. most everywhere in the country, but not all schools. But I did that with people believing I ran a 4840. My time in the 40 was 455. Uh, over, you know, like I got down to Georgia, I ran a 455. They ran and got Coach Dooley and had him come down. He says, can you, can you do that again? Can you do that again, son? I'm like, sure. And they didn't teach you how to run 40. You just put your, you put yeah, your yeah. fingers in the dirt and you run. Now you train for months to run a 40. So I ran a 4.55, five, five, and it was, like I said, the third passes on the team. And, but Coach Barry had everyone believe that I ran a 4.8. And so that's, he, he wouldn't send film out to anybody. Yeah, he would not send film. He thought people were spying on him. So our game film, he was he would hoard our game film, and that's all you had to send. Right. So a college coach either had to come to your game or watch your game film, and it wasn't on huddle. It was the like old reel. It was yeah, yeah, canister, yeah. and you'd have to yeah. beg him, coach, can I send it to you know Georgia? You know, and he's like, well, I guess that you know, I guess that's okay, John. You know, they, but he I'll always thought, yeah. He always wanted he he wanted control of those things, and uh, I don't think he wanted to honor any one individual. I was I remember going to the All State banquet. We rode down in the car together with Coach Barry, and he did tell me, you know, he he said, you know, this is, you know, an, an honor because I've never had an All Stater, and it really made me feel good at the time because he had some great football players that I like. The school watched me. I watched. People above me, the uh, the Tommy the Tommy Sorensons, the Pete Bassonis, the the Greg Dubonet who played in, in pro football. He's not on the wall. Greg Dubonet is not on the wall at the Travis. I guess he 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 wasn't a great football player in high school, and he didn't get the all state accolade that that I was fortunate enough to get. But he played freaking uh, pro football. He played he played college football at Yale, uh, and he played a couple years in the pros, but. Uh, but he wasn't all state. So my point being, George did not like to celebrate individual. Coach Barry did not like to celebrate individual achievements. And if he did, he would have certainly submitted my name. Uh, so he retires. And so I'm out of the picture by then. And uh, most 
you know, none of the other guys had coached me. So yeah. I didn't have a sponsor for the wall. So that's what you needed at that point, right? Schools, you needed a sponsor. Oh, yeah. Your coach had to sponsor you. Uh, okay. I think the only coach that I've ever had, you know, it's just the certain rules that they have. It's like, well, yeah. you don't have anybody that's nominated you. It's like, well, you know, you're putting Well, up, hey, wait a minute. Up. Hold on, John. You got <laughs> Coach Scoo and you got Coach Pete. Coach Scoo, what do we got to do here? Well, I, I mean, I, I've been on this push for a while. If Pete, you got to walk through the, the uh, sports center there because it is pretty spectacular when you see some of these kids and all rightfully deserving and honored and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, typically, I mean, it is a nominating process. If you hit a certain level, like a state champ or all state in yeah. anything, it, not really nominations have to happen. And it's like auto, almost automatic. You know, I push this, you know, you're li- missing out one person. It's all one person and all rightfully right. so. And we'll, but we'll for some reason, right now, we'll start the not, petition right now. <laughs> right, I mean, if you look at some of the people, though, I mean, it's, it's, you know, they list the picture and their accolades throughout high school and all that. And I tell you, I got to see John's accolades and wow. I mean, comparison wise. So well, school, yeah. you're the voice of the Lake Forest Scouts. I mean, who would know more than you? I'm just, I know you've been trying to push it, saying. trying to get to all that right. committee. You know, I know all they're right. trying to, they've so been talking about a veterans so committee the, and all that. What's but the committee? It, it's who, a nominating who, committee for the wall of fame. Okay. So who do we bring on? I'll At least we'll have them. T- okay. Let's just, you know, let's hear the other side. You know, what did John do? <laughs> yeah, what, what? Did, John, you did, you, did you date somebody you shouldn't have dated, John? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, back in those days, it was pre-internet and it was pre-cell phone. Yeah. Thank and, God. Uh, like I told Scoop, you know, uh, you know, we were, we, we liked to have a lot of fun back in those days. Um, and we were kids being kids, but it, it, yeah. it, it, you know, if it were anybody else, I mean, that's why I would say I, I, I used to uh, angst over it years ago and I've just given it up because, um, you know, I know what I, what I did and I feel good yeah. about that. You know, my, my, all my kids are, you know, my two old, my two youngest kids went to Loyola Academy school makes fun of me saying, you know, they would have been up on the wall all, but before they got out of high school, because they, my daughter is a two-time All-American and my son's a three-time All-American. And, you know, they would have been, Luca would have been up his sophomore year and both would have been up right. with sophomores in high school. Because now if you make it, you're up there be- hardly before your season ends, right? Yeah. When I, when I was growing <laughs> up or when I went through the high school and all that, one of the requirements is you had to be, had graduated before getting on the wall. So it's kind of prestigious that you get brought back and all that stuff. Now yeah. it's like, you know, it's fantastic. Some of these kids are sophomores, yeah, all American yeah, yeah. and all that, but they get automatically put on them. Yeah. You got to wait. You oh. got to wait. Yeah. You got to wait. But uh, all right, John, that's number three on the list. Number one, we got to get you some fields Two, We need some coaches. Three, we got to get, we got to get your props. We got to get your props. <laughs> We'll start posting his accolades on the on the website. Yeah. Oh, Dang strange. Oh God. Well, John, John do we do we do we miss anything? We're getting to the end here. No, anything no. else we can help with? No, you know maybe uh, you know not that you can help with. I just want uh, want to thank you guys for having me on. I and I wanted to uh, make sure to let you know that you know what the bandits are doing. We're not trying to create any problem. We want to make life better for yeah. kids. 
you know, and, and it's like, like I, I joked, I said, you know, without sports, I'd probably been in jail, uh, you know, right, right. and, and uh, I loved it. And I think these kids need it more than we even needed it. Uh, yeah, right. So that's what we're all about. Well, you've done, I've told you this, John, you've done with the bandit, something that, you know, I don't think you were planning on this being this big, but I mean, it's phenomenal for the girls and they had, didn't have something now have something and look at all where all these girls are going now in college and high school and all that. Yeah. I'm going to mention really quick. I had a mom. Can't leave. Yeah. I had a, I had a, I had a mom send me a text this week congratulating my daughter for having her team, having won the state uh, championship in Loyola. And I asked her how her daughter doing her daughters at West point. She was a, she was a bandit. She's playing lacrosse at West point. She's entering her second year. And they sent me a picture of her in a helicopter, full camel machine gun, like the whole outfit. She's getting ready to do her air assault. Like, that made Done. me so proud. That's a bandit right there, you know? Wow. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, that's uh, Daphne Carahalios. So uh, just a uh, sweet kid, a great family, and so proud of her. And uh, she's given back. Yep. Well, great coach, great dad, great football player. And uh, we, we, we got to help him out, school. We got to get to the bottom of all this. We're not trying to ca cause waves. It's just like, you, we want John to stay in town. We don't want him to go out of town, right? <laughs> right. So, you know, absolutely. Uh, so, just saying, okay. Thanks for listening to the Lake Forest podcast. Please give us five stars in Apple Podcasts and smash that like button on Facebook, Instagram, and follow us on Twitter. Let us know what you like to hear about on the upcoming shows. Again, I'm Pete. Can be reached at lakeforestpodcast.com. The link will be in the podcast notes below. On behalf of my co host, Scoo Walker, we thank you for listening. Cue the Lake Forest Scout Band. Let's see. We, uh, we we do have a little ritual that we, we bring all the kids together and we uh, put their sticks together and they do a little cheer. Bandits okay. on three. Bandits on three. So they go one, two, three, bandits. So. Bandits! Okay. Bandits. <laughs> <laughs>